who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Detective Samuel Bailey, Oslo County Police Department, the Homicide Division. Recording on April 10th, 2019, at 4.43pm. I've been listening to these tapes for the last two weeks now, mostly right before I go home. The county's really just trying to keep me busy until they decide what to do with me, so I have to try and work some actual cases the rest of the time. You know, cases that might actually have some answers I can find. I want to keep going with the tapes, but damn, Miss Sheridan doesn't make it difficult. I've sat through about ten recordings of random street noise, rambling versions of the first chapter of Below the Silent Deep, and one tape that was just 80s pop songs played at half speed, backwards. I have no idea what a writer's process usually looks like, but I'm pretty sure it's not this. The strangest thing is the blank tapes. Oh good, you're still here. <sighs> what do you want, Bill? What? No, no, I, I just wanted to tell you a couple of us are headed out to Marvin's for drinks if you want to come. Oh, thank you. Oh, it really is just a few of us. 
maybe me and Robert and uh, one or two other tag along. I said no. Nah. Right. Could you shut the door on your way out, please? Like I was saying, the strangest tapes are the blank ones. There have only been a few, but I had to listen all the way through both sides to make sure they were actually empty. For some reason, Sheridan left blank cassettes mixed in with her recordings. I mean, maybe there used to be something on them. They're all labeled like the rest, so I'm guessing that whatever was recorded on them was somehow deleted. Still can't shake the feeling that... No, I need to get out of here. It's been a long day. So, tape 110218. What have you got for me today, Sheridan? It's Anna. Anna. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Same. Yeah, good. Great. I uh, wasn't expecting to hear from you so soon. Yeah, well, just wanted to make sure you're okay, you know. Yeah, I'm all good. Great. Hanging in there, you know, one day at a time. Yeah? Yeah. Good. Great. How's, uh, how's Oregon? Cold, damp, and dark as night. Glad to hear you're enjoying yourself, then. In my element, at least. Where are you staying again? Langley's or something? Langlois. Little town near Bandon? Very little. Nice little mini-market, and that's about it. Sounds peaceful. Not many distractions, then? Um, yeah, not really. What's wrong? Why do you always think there's something wrong? I don't really. It's just the way you said it. Sorry. I just... Yeah. It's quiet here. Really quiet. So, have you... <sighs> no. I haven't done any writing. Um, you haven't been, you know... Um, Which one? Both either. I worry about you, Anna. You know that, well, and... You'll be happy to hear I haven't been having any fun. No weed, no ghosts, just not writing. I do want you to have fun, Anna. I just don't want you to get yourself killed doing it. How's Mom holding up? Jesus Christ, Anna. What? <sighs> Mom's fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. So it's just me who drives you up the wall, then? Anna, I really don't want to have this conversation right now. Oh, sorry. Am I bothering you now? What happened to... Call any time you want, Anna, or you're always welcome here, Anna. That's just what people say, Anna. It doesn't mean you can call me out of the blue at 10 p.m. on a Sunday night. Well, sorry if I wanted to have a nice talk with my sister for a change. Are you sure you haven't been smoking? Are you calling me a liar? It wouldn't be the first time. See what I have to deal with? God. Sisters, am I right? I don't really care that I didn't get any writing done today. I mean, obviously I do care. Writing is the whole reason I made this trip, to get away from the noise and focus. Anthony insisted I needed to stop running around, sit down, and write. 
God, you'd think he was my mother, not my agent. I tried. When I was back home for the funeral, absolutely nothing. Mom let me stay at her place, but that lasted about as long as you'd expect. So I told Anthony that I needed to get out to get inspired. But Poultice Press is breathing down his neck for a Q4 release, and they're pretty much overfunding my little expeditions. So I asked him to lie. I'm not proud of it, but given how good an agent he is, I know it's not the first time he's done it. I told him to tell the publishers I was almost done, but just needed a change of scenery to get to the last few chapters. They agreed, and I found a nice little cabin here on the Oregon coast. I even checked to make sure there were no reported hauntings nearby. I was being very good for once. I just knew I wouldn't get any writing done if there was even the slightest chance of being distracted. I almost feel guilty saying that. Yeah, I'm a writer. And a damned good one, too, despite what certain critics say. But I'm a good horror writer, and that's only because of what I do when I'm not writing. The work. The books pay for it, sure, but still. It feels like a betrayal putting the writing first, especially when I felt like I was getting so close to... So here I am, wrapped up in a blanket, staring at my little fireplace, so bored I actually decided to call my sister for once. I did try to write. I got up before the sunrise, made coffee, took out my pen, and nothing. Not a single idea worth writing down. No itch I needed to scratch or question I needed to answer. I tried everything. Prompts off the internet that all sounded stupid, free association, meditation, a few too many cups of coffee, anything to just try and shock myself back into writing. By the time it started getting dark again, I realized I hadn't eaten, moved, or written anything all day. I looked through what I tossed in the bin, but most of it was completely unintelligible, even to me. The best I got out of it was some extra kindling for the fire. This isn't writer's block. I know what that feels like. There's always a pressure in my head, like there's some kind of story I'm trying to get out, but just can't get it on the page. It's frustrating as all hell, but this? It feels like there's nothing. Whatever I try to put on the page doesn't have any real substance, any life. I thought it would pass quickly, a bump in the road after dad. I used to spend months on the road, writing in the mornings and finishing a manuscript by the time I got home. Now, now I sit inside and stare at a blank page for 12 hours and get nothing out of it. This is starting to get ridiculous. It's not even that I'm having bad ideas. I'm not having any at all. And it isn't like I've written about everything I've experienced either. It's just, the fire's gone out. There's someone in the cabin with me. I fell asleep on the couch and just woke up to footsteps in the kitchen. I don't know who or what, but there's someone in here with me. The fire's out. There's light coming in from outside the kitchen window. I'm, I'm going to leave this running and try to find the scanner. If anyone finds this, 
This is Anna Sheridan. I'm in a cabin off Highway 101 in Langlois, Oregon. Please call my agent, Anthony Perdue, and tell him... Tell him he shouldn't have been such a good liar. And tell my sister I'm sorry. Whatever it is, it's not giving off any of the usual readings. My eyes are adjusting and I can see clearly now, but the kitchen is empty. Okay, I'm moving to the floor lamp now. There's a switch at the base so I can turn it on without them seeing me. Here goes. There's no one in here. The room is just empty. Not even a shadow or a distortion in the air, just... Okay, if someone is messing with me, they're going to be very sorry very quickly. I mean it. Trust me, I've had a hell of a day and you do not want to mess with a pissed off... What the hell? So, um, the fire that I said went out? Yeah, it just started burning again. Maybe the coals just caught an unburnt bit of wood. Or maybe there was a draft in the chimney that reignited. Okay, fire's out again. I... I don't know what is going on. The scanner's still not reading any EM disturbance. It's cold, but that's just because it's cold outside, I think. I hope. You know that's only scary the first few times you do it. Much better. Now... Oh no. The, um... The lamp's going out now. Who the hell are you? Much better. Now with all that, ah! No, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just go bother someone else. Well, I know I've had worse nights. I just can't think of any right now. That's the last time I take a trip anywhere just to write. Can't get away from the work no matter what I do. Makes you wonder, do these things follow me because I chase them? Or were they always following me? What makes me so lucky? I guess the recorder cut out when I dropped it, so I'll fill in the details. As soon as I put on the blanket, I felt warmer. A lot warmer. I didn't notice at first, but after a second, it felt like I was wrapped in burning metal.
like I was touching a hot pan with every inch of my body. I dropped the blanket. I think I must have screamed. As soon as I did, it caught fire. I was about to get water to put it out, but it burned to ash before I could even move. If I'd had it on any longer than I did... The fireplace caught again, flames roaring all the way up the chimney. The kitchen floor started creaking too, over and over again. That was when I realized what it was. The wood, warping and creaking with the change in temperature. My scanner was going crazy. I tried to pick it up to check the readings, but dropped it right away. It was burning hot too. Smoke started to pour out of the fireplace. I dropped low, grabbed the recorder, and crawled towards the door. I was nearly 20 feet from the fireplace and facing away from it, so I shouldn't have felt the heat. But my face was still burning, my skin cracking and blistering until it felt like my blood was boiling. And in the roar of the fire, I swear I heard a voice. Not a human voice. Not even one speaking words, I don't think. Just emotions. Strong, blinding emotions that overpowered everything. Anger. Hatred. Rage. Just absolute rage. Whatever it was, it hated me. Hated what I do, and more than that, hated who I am. A hate that burned so hot that it... Well, it almost burned me alive. I got lucky. Or maybe I was just fast enough to escape. I didn't look back, but from the sound of the flames, I knew they were already climbing up the wall behind me. The entire cabin was on fire. I'm not sure when the creaking in the kitchen stopped and the fire started, but when I looked back, the old wooden cabinets were lost behind the flames. I reached the front door and tried to grab the handle, but it scalded my hand, like the world outside was burning too. I looked around, trying to find a way out, and then I saw the empty waste paper bin sitting next to the door. I hesitated before I grabbed it, but it wasn't hot. In fact, it almost felt cool to the touch. It must have been far enough away from the fire to avoid the heat. I turned and threw it as hard as I could through the window. The glass exploded and the night air rushed in. The flames leapt higher and higher, roaring louder than before. I saw them clawing across the floor towards me like some kind of hungry animal. I turned and jumped out the window, cutting my hands on the glass, but thankfully not bad enough to need stitches. By the time I got off the porch and away from the cabin, I could already hear the sirens. One of the neighbors must have called 911. I gasped for air and tried to think of a way to explain this to the fire department when suddenly I heard another sound. No, not quite a sound. Another burst of emotion radiating from the fire. I couldn't name it if I tried, but somehow I recognized it. It wasn't an emotion I'd ever felt, but one that reached into me towards something forgotten. Ancient. Primal. I'd escaped, but I knew that whatever was in that house had just marked me as prey. And now a word from our sponsor, Factor. 
Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. And I'll tell you what, if you're in the middle of, say, wrapping up a 100-episode fiction podcast series and you do not have time to cook, you'd probably be looking for some no-prep, no-mess meals, and Factor meals are ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. It's perfect. They're also flexible for your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. So if you're like us, you're working on something that you love, you're in a busy time of life, what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash Sheridan50 and use the code Sheridan50 to get 50% off. That's code Sheridan50 at factormeals.com slash Sheridan50 to get 50% off. Looking at her file now, I guess Sheridan was involved in a house fire that destroyed a small cabin in Langlois, Oregon around 2009. She was treated for smoke inhalation and minor lacerations on site. She might have walked away from it entirely if the police hadn't administered a coin test and found elevated levels of THC. She was arrested and charged with suspected arson, but the evidence was circumstantial and the judge eventually dismissed the case. The family who owned the cabin sued her for violations of a rental agreement, though, and ended up winning a pretty handy settlement. So... Make of that what you will. I know authors can do some crazy things to get out of writer's block, but I've never heard of one resorting to arson. Seems a little extreme, even for Sheridan. Apparently the press had a lot of questions, too. There are plenty of articles from around that time about Sheridan's drug habit and manic behavior being responsible for the fire. She was right about her agent, though. Anthony Perdue lied his ass off to save hers. (laughs) He has some great lines in here about atmospheric conditions being ideal for spontaneous combustion and electrical wiring shortcuts in the cabin itself. Something tells me this tape wasn't played in court. If Sheridan was trying to shake her writer's block, then I guess it worked. It took her less than two months to write and publish Inferno Within. One of her bestsellers, too. Guess there really is no such thing as bad press... God, it's been a long day. During Women's History Month, come explore what feminism means to you with nonfiction storytelling podcast, Thread the Needle. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 3, Thither to Burn. Starring Erin Neely Chaconis as Anna Sheridan, Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, Jesse Steele as Bill Tyler, and Virginia Spots as Kate Sheridan, with original music by Jesse Hagen. Written and produced by Trevor Van Winkle and made possible by our supporters at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and connect with us on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at Trevor underscore VW. New episodes are released every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on all podcasting platforms. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes.
What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I use my background in journalism and draw on women's life experiences to add to the conversation on topics that matter to fellow feminists like you. Now in its second season, listen to new episodes each month as we explore finding yourself through divorce, battling call-out culture, questioning our ideas about masculinity, and discovering why girls' confidence plummets in their preteens. Guests include Stephanie Kuntz, historian and author of Marriage, a History, April White, author of Divorce Colony, and Loretta Ross, professor on white supremacy and call-out culture at Smith College. Listen to Thread the Needle on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.